Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Mike, the rookies uh, are going wild last night. Denarius Moore, Vincent Brown, what do we got for week 10? I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Straight from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess baby superhero need a same music. No one man should have all that power. The clock ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of Red vs. Blue High Stakes Fantasy Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the World of High Stakes Fantasy Football, and have we got a show for you. As always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mike, you're back. I'm back, and uh, it's week 10 in the National Football League. Absolutely, Scott, and uh, glad to be back and. uh, Hope the uh, chat room is buzzing with the crew, uh, looking for a lot of things uh, uh, to go on with the show. Uh, uh, you know, I'm sorry I missed last week, but it's one of those things that happens. But, uh, you know, both of us are back, and uh, we're going to do the best we can to make it through this show and uh, make a make a great show of it. Uh, we've got a lot of things, uh, a lot of things to cover. Uh, first off I want to cover is uh, I want to uh, anybody that's out there, uh, in the chat room, or that's listening to us, or that maybe catches on the uh, on the replay, uh, I want to say Happy Veterans Day to every single uh, man and woman uh, that is serving or has served for our nation. Happy Veterans Day to you. You're a very special person uh, that's, uh, that enables us to do what we can do. We're having fun here for an hour. Uh, everybody in the chat room is going to have fun for an hour. Uh, anybody that calls in, they're going to have fun for an hour. Uh, you spent countless hours uh, making making us do, making us be able to do what we can do. So thank you very much. Uh, happy Veterans Day to everybody involved. Uh, so let's, uh, you know, Scott, uh, we got a lot of things to cover uh, when it comes to. Uh, who do we start? Uh, things like that, and uh, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff to cover, and I don't know where to begin. 
Mike, well said on uh, Veterans Day, my man. It is a uh, it is a special day here at Red versus Blue and all across the nation. 11, 11, 11. Can you believe that? Uh, wow. Uh, we have a lot to be thankful for, and uh, well, well said, Mike. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. Week ten in the National Football League. Man, it just doesn't get any crazier than this season. I'm telling you, I'm looking at lineups uh, across my leagues and. You know, we saw it last night with the Denarius Moore and the Vincent Brown. And uh, these these lineup decisions, I don't think I recall, Mike, have ever been trickier. Uh, if you're playing in the FFPC or the NFFC, uh, maybe one of the weekly contests, what have you, these uh, these lineup decisions just have never looked trickier in, in any time I can remember, Mike. I mean, you you've seriously got decisions – uh, to make, you know, like Manningham versus Crabtree or Decker versus, you know, it's crazy to say Fitzgerald. You know, when have you ever had to, to choose between like a Decker uh, or a Fitzgerald? I mean, this is the type of year we have in the NFL right now where everything's a little unpredictable. Usually you always start your running backs, you put them in there. Uh, this year it's not that easy. I mean, Obanaya. Uh, Halu coming out of nowhere. Maurice Morris starting for the for the for the Lions. I mean, do you put those guys in, or do you put in a tight end like Kellen Winslow, or you know maybe uh, maybe you go with a Brandon Jacobs, or you know you got Cam Newton there, so maybe it's a Greg Olson. It's just very very confusing times in fantasy football. And it's, it's week ten. You don't have room for the air, so we're gonna try to help you with every single game tonight, Mike. You know, Scott, really, uh, it, it is very, it's a very tough week. And uh, consider this, this isn't a by-heavy week. Wait till uh, next week uh, because, you know, a lot of these uh, high-stakes leagues, I mean, you know, we're, we're getting down to punch time. Uh, they last 11 weeks. So this is week 10. And uh, so, <laughs> like what you said, I mean, there's a lot of things going on, you know, you're reaching to the bottom of the barrel, so to speak, on who you start. And, you know, you really got to – this is matchup time. You know, time to figure out the the matchups because if you're going to start a wide receiver three, you've got to figure out the right matchup, and that's what we're going to try to do tonight is figure out that right matchup for you. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it's tough, and uh, just wait till next week when the, uh, when the week 11 by – uh, kicks in because that's really going to make it tough. Because, like I said, I mean these uh, these last couple of weeks uh, they're coming right down to the uh, tail end of uh, a lot of high stakes uh, high stakes leagues, and uh, if you're going to be in the mix or not. We've got questions in the chat room already, Mike. We've got uh, Sidney Rice versus Brent Selleck. Again, this is the type of decision we're talking about that can make or break your week. Brent Selleck uh, has arguably been uh, very hot uh, with Michael Vick. Um, it looks like the Selleck of old, the one that we expected last year that we didn't get. And now you have Sidney Rice coming off of the uh, the injury history last year, starting to seems to get a rhythm uh, going, but they're playing the Ravens. And so you've got these defensive matchups that you have to take a look at and you have to consider. And, and when I try to make these decisions, I try to look at the, the players and I say, Okay, and I just had this conversation with somebody. I'm a, I hate to get into the mode of being a talent scout, you know, being a, somebody that's looking at which is the better player. It's not the better player that you have to go with. It's the, it's the better fantasy position and better fantasy opportunity. That's what I'm trying to get my head around. Uh, Sidney Rice against Baltimore is in Seattle. Uh, arguably, Sidney Rice is more important to the Seahawks, Mike, than Brent Selleck is to the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles could take care of business this week without a lot of help from Brent Selleck. But uh, if you're going to win and you're Seattle playing Baltimore, Sidney Rice is going to have to be a big part of that game. So that's kind of the way I try to put these together, A versus B. Well, you know, the way I'm looking at this game is uh, which player has is going to get the most opportunity, which player is going to get the most touches. Uh, when I look at it, uh, I'm looking at Sidney Rice is going to get a heck of a lot more opportunities than Brent Selleck. Uh, Philadelphia is going to be able to run the ball with no problems. LaShawn McCoy should be 
totally solid in that game. Uh, Philly is going to be uh, pretty upset with the way they've been playing, which they should be. But uh, I just think, uh, I, you know, in my opinion, I think Sidney Rice is the play because I don't think Brent Selleck is going to get that many touches. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's got to be interesting uh, to find out. These, these types of decisions, Sidney Rice was in on 48 snaps last week. He leads the Seahawks wideouts in snaps on the year uh, with 321 despite missing two games. And so when you talk about that and you look at that, you you have to say to yourself, you got to say, okay, Self, he's a pretty important guy to the Seahawks, and if they want to win this game, this is the type of game the Seahawks need to play well. They need to show up there. They're in front of their home crowd. They can't lay an egg here. Although the Ravens are pretty have always been traditionally a stifling defense. It's not so much this year. It's not the it's not a situation that you go into and you're just gonna get skunked and shut out uh anymore. That's not the Baltimore Ravens yeah, we're talking yeah. about in two thousand eleven. Yeah, um, you know what? Uh that's why that line is uh the over and under is forty one for a reason. I mean they're not expecting Baltimore to make it thirty-four to seven. Uh, they're expecting uh, Seattle to, to score some some points there. So three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We've got we've got other line of decisions too, Mike. We've got the Sydney Rice uh, versus Mario Manningham's of the world. Uh, Manningham's versus Crabtree's. Uh, here I am. I, I left a Denarius Moore on the bench last week. You know, I saw all the targets. I looked at the 12 targets last week, and I said, man, he only converted that into four receptions against Denver. Uh, I know, you know, you always have uh, Champ Bailey, you know, to think about and things of that nature. But when I looked at that, I'm like, man, okay, well, that's not uh, that's not the type of production I'm looking for. But, you know, something stood out, you know, 15 yards per reception that game. This week he averages 24 yards a reception, five catches, 123 yards. And two touchdowns. I mean, you know, there's points on your bench. Uh, you can't beat yourself up too bad. It's, it's water under the bridge. It's, it's over. That game's over. You, you've got to move on if you left those points on the bench, Mike. But here I am in a situation where I have five wide receivers to choose from, and I only need four. I've got Harvin, Wallace, Crabtree, Manningham, and Sidney Rice, and I've got to bench one. Um Tough call. I'm going to throw it out there to the chat room as well. Sidney Rice against Baltimore. Manningham at San Fran. Crabtree against the Giants. I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards, you know, maybe maybe benching him. Harvin at Green Bay. Man, you got to like that matchup. Minnesota's going to have to do everything they can to stay in that game. And then Mike Wallace at Cincinnati is a no-brainer. You have to put him in. So it's really down to Rice, Manningham, and Crabtree. Bench one of those guys. Yeah, you know. Uh... I almost got to, uh, almost got to go with Crabtree in that situation. I mean, I, I can't believe I'm saying that uh, Crabtree or Harvin. Uh, you know, it's a coin flip. Uh, Harvin's been pretty good, but uh, you know, I, I would almost go with Crabtree in that situation because they're starting to uh, they're starting to turn to him quite a bit. And one thing about Smith is, you know, he's not making mistakes and. Uh, He's he's kind of going to the guy, and Crabtree's been kind of showing up. We may have a special visit tonight from our very own Glenn Schroeder, a.k.a. King of Queens tonight, uh, somewhere around the uh, half past the hour. So stay tuned for that. If we can get Glenn Schroeder on the show tonight, that will be uh, very good for all of our pockets trying to put in the right lineup this week. So well, stay I got, tuned for that. I got, I got a question, Scott. Real quick, uh, I'm, I've been wrestling with this for the last couple of days uh, at quarterback. Sure. Uh, Stafford or Eli Manning? Wow. You're, uh, I mean, I don't know how Stafford is even benchable right now. I mean, with the way, right. with the way that offense clicks. How is Eli Manning benchable? Yeah, Eli's another one. You know, I mean, the fact that he he has lost the part of the ground game with Bradshaw that has to kind of play in the cards. How exactly it plays in the cards is yet to be seen. San Francisco's a tough team. You're not going to score a lot of touchdowns against San Francisco. Um, Chicago, on the other hand, you know, I can I can still see you putting some points on the board against Chicago. So um, you know, Detroit hasn't give you any given you a reason to bench their players yet. You know. 
with Calvin Johnson and Pettigrew, the rookie Titus Young and, and Nate Burleson. You've just got so many weapons there that you you still got an opportunity for Calvin Johnson to score two touchdowns. Stafford's giving me a reason to bench him because I, I just don't know. I mean, is he going to be gone by second quarter? Is he going to be on, is he going to be done at halftime? Right. I know what I'm going to get out of Eli Manning. I'm going to get four quarters out of Eli Manning. I don't think you have to worry about that, Mike. I mean, look, this is the this is the Detroit Lions. This is the best they've ever looked. You've got it. You've got to play your stuff. This is what these are the guys that have. Uh, you know they've got you here, so yeah. I don't. I don't think I would. I don't think I would get too uh, too into uh, you know benching your one of the best quarterbacks in the game right now. So you know uh, the the Lions are just in a great situation right now to continue to pour it on, to continue to throw up the points. It gets a little trickier for me when I look at guys like Eli Manning versus Sanchez this week. I mean, the reason why you might want to play a marginal Sanchez this week is because it's. You know, it's against the New England Patriots. And, and when you're talking about, you know, the type of yards and touchdowns that those guys allow in these shootout-type games, you that's cannot. where it gets really, really interesting for me. Can you – do you have the guts to put in a – do you have the guts to put in a Mark Sanchez over an Eli Manning? That's that's the type of question that I'd like to see, you know. Oh, I, I, don't, I, I don't think there's no way you can do that, Scott. I mean – Eli Manning, I mean, last week he did nothing in the first half, and next thing you know, it explodes. Uh, how can you bench Eli Manning uh, if you have him? I mean, I just asked you the question, Stafford versus Eli Manning. It, it's very hard to bench Eli Manning, especially against a uh, – or if you have a choice between Eli Manning and uh, Mark Sanchez. I, I, don't, I, I don't think – that's a no-brainer in my opinion. <clears throat> We've got a question in the chat room. Uh, Zero for sports. Who to start? Let's take a look at this one together, Mike. Let's see if we can't help him out. Nate Washington, Jabbar Gaffney, or pick up Steve Breston on waivers. Nate Washington, Jabbar Gaffney, or pick up Breston on waivers. So let's take a look at that. Okay. <clears throat> You've got Tennessee taking on waivers. I'm sorry? I said I know what I would do real quick. Yeah, we've got Tennessee taking on Carolina. Uh, you've got uh, Jabbar Gaffney taking on Miami, which is an uh, an up-and-coming team. And you've got Steve Breston uh, at home against Denver. Now, looking at the stats, one would say that, you know, the, the, best, the best fantasy matchup there of the three comes against uh, Denver. You know, uh, they've, they've allowed a lot of you, – you would figure that uh, Champ Bailey's going to be locked up with Dwayne Bowe, leaving Breston uh, quite a bit of opportunity there. Um, I'm kind of leaning that way right off the bat. What do you what do you think, Mike? Well, you, you got to start two out of those three, right, out of Nate, uh, Jabbar, and Breston. Uh, it sounds like you just have to get one of those. Okay. Um, man, I love Steve Breston right now. Uh, Nate Washington, he got a bunch of targets last week, but uh, not as many as I'd like, and his targets have fallen off. I don't like Gaffney. Uh, you know, <laughs> I love I love Breston in this situation. Yeah, I mean, you know, Nate Washington is one of those guys that um, quite could could be overshadowed by that uh, that Damian Williams kid. I mean, this this kid is. Has arguably looked uh, very good the last couple of weeks, just in the way he's played, the way he handles himself out there, the routes he ran, runs. Uh, Nate, Damian Williams led the uh, wide receivers with 55 snaps last week to Nate Washington's uh, 47, and Nate Washington has been uh, hampered with a little injury. So Williams has now matched or played more snaps than Washington in three of the team's last four games. So. It looks like there's already a change in the guard. And while we wait on Kenny Brick to get back, Damian Williams isn't such a bad uh, a bad play here uh, for for Tennessee, Mike. So you know, Kerry Collins used Hawkins. to be in charge there. Now it's Matt Hasselback, and and you've got to think that if they're on the road against Carolina, Carolina's uh, what are they? They're um, let me take a look here. Carolina is 13th overall against the pass. They've only allowed 10 passing touchdowns, 225 yards a game through the air. So they're, they're middle of the pack. They're a little bit better than middle of the pack. 
I mean, you would think. In, you know, that over and under, Scott, is 46. I mean, that that just uh, that tells me that there's going to be points scored, and Carolina is going to give up some points. Yeah. Hey, you know, you would think if you're a team right now that has Chris Johnson and you're a contender, I want to know from the from the, the the crew in the chat room, if any of these guys has Chris Johnson, are you still in the running? Do you still have a chance? Because if you've been able to stay in the hunt, yeah, if you've been able to stay in the hunt and you have Chris Johnson on your team, that's got to be pretty exciting because not only have you survived, but, man, Chris Johnson is a guy that you could be the only guy to have him coming into the stretch run in the playoffs, and you could be in a very good situation. We've got a caller from the 954. Uh, let's, take, let's take 954. You're on the air at Red versus Blue. Hey, um, what's your position on turtle fucking? You know what, Scott? Here's the way, here's the way we go about that. Not even that. So Chris Johnson, uh, Chris Johnson's going to be, uh, I mean, you know, this guy is starting to really uh, keep going. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to continue to uh, continue to get better. uh for Tennessee, I mean, he's got to. You've got the injury situations with Hakeem Nix this week. You're not knowing exactly what's going on there. Um, Jake Ballard has looked very good. His 68 snaps in week nine was uh, just amazing to see. Um, Nix was out of action last week, allowed 65 snaps for Manningham, 62 for Victor Cruz, Mike. How is Jake Ballard pacing a hold the receivers with 68 snaps? I mean, uh, you know, it's just it's just a crazy year. On the other side of the ball last week, the Giants versus the Patriots, uh, Gronkowski was in on the game of 71 of a possible 75 snaps. His 511 snaps on the year leads the team, Mike. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, uh, this is just uh, an amazing team to watch year after year when they when they trot these horses out and, and uh, play but, catch a city if, uh, if, if you don't mind me asking, uh, I made some notes here. Uh, you've got a you got a pretty good team going in your uh, in one of your main events. Uh, I think you're uh, eight and one or seven and two. Uh, would you mind uh, you know just telling the crew and uh, everybody else uh, how that came about? Because I mean that's pretty strong, and I like to hear about it. Oh, thanks, Mike. Look, we'll we'll spend uh, you know ten seconds on it. We it, it's an eight and one team. It's got uh, you know what it's about sixty points behind a total point leader, uh, Big Mo. If you know the Big Mo guys, Lonnie Graves and uh, John Clift, all those guys that uh, we've had on the air, they're friends of the program. They sat in the twelve spot. I sat in the one hole and and uh, took took Ray Rice uh, with the first pick. Didn't hesitate. Didn't flinch. Thought about Calvin Johnson, but. I knew I had him with the four pick in another in another main event, so I took Ray Rice, came back, um, and took my um, Mike Wallace pick, Mario Manningham's, and Jabba Best. Took those guys and and tried to make a run here. It is eight and one, but we need to. That, that's the team I left in Arias Moore on the bench. So I've got to I've got to make the the right lineup decisions. I, I did spend a lot of money on Cam Newton earlier in the year uh, when he went off. I decided, you know what, it's make or break. I'm not real excited about what Tony Romo's bringing to the table, and boy, did I guess right there because Cam Newton has been head and shoulders above the field when it comes to somebody like Tony Romo. So happy to take Cam Newton there. I've got uh, Ray Rice, got the injury to job at best. So, you know, I'm in a situation where I need Marshawn Lynch to, you know, come through uh, against uh, Baltimore. It's a very tough situation that I'm in, but I've put myself there with injuries and and not enough backups at the running back position. Very, very solid wide receiver. Um, we'll be happy to take that. And I've been playing the Jets D all year long. So, you know, we'll see. You know, there's actually a team that I'm a little uh, – I'm just as excited about, Mike. It's the other main event team. It's it's actually caught this other team in points. And the funny thing about the FFPC is you always have so many teams in the running, Mike. And, and I know you know this already because of your experience in the FFPC, but yeah. I'm sitting in here. There are – uh, eight teams in the uh, in my main event two league that are either six and three or five and four. <laughs> four teams at six and three. Oh. Four teams at five and four. 
eight teams still have a legitimate shot at the number one seed. We're, here we are in week 10. If you haven't got a chance to read um, John Duckworth's blog over at the FFPC, you got to check that out because that's what it's all about. Uh, the amazing tightness from uh, top to bottom. And that's only 11-week season, right? Yep. Wow. So two weeks to determine who's going to get that number one. Wow. That I mean, that's contentious. Uh, that's what you want. I mean, to be honest with you, that's what you love to see is just uh, great owners uh, going at it back and forth and uh, coming down to two weeks. And, you know, the, the crazy thing about it, Scott, is uh, week 11 is going to make or break some – some people's teams because uh, there's uh, there's a lot of teams out there that are going to be, uh, you know, with the buy situation on week 11. Yep. Mike, uh, and again, and, you know, top to bottom, look at this team, that uh, this league that I'm in. The, the point scorer that has the lead has 1,317 points. Uh, behind him, there's a 1,297. So there's a team that's 20 points behind him. Right. Uh, there's a there's a 12.88. So there's a a team that's you know wow. right there. You're talking about, you know, I've got 12. Uh, I've got 12.86. Then there's a 12.82. So you're talking about one, two, three, four, five teams within 20, uh, 18, 28, 35 points. Five teams within 35 yeah. points. That's one week. So you've got five teams yeah. within 35 points of the point lead, plus eight teams within one game of each other. That's incredible half. Incredible parody. Yeah, I mean, really, that's one half of football. That's, yeah. that's incredible. That That is really incredible. Uh, 1370, 1297, 1288, 1286, and 1282. That is one half of football. That is awesome. But but here are the types of decisions that we're all facing, man. I mean, I'm I'm looking at this team here. And I'm trying to get my head around it so I can help. I can help the guys here. It's it's so deep, top to bottom. There's so many middle. Quote, I mean, Wayne Ellis was talking about this the other day. There's so many performers that are, you know, uh, right there in the thick of things. You've got running back by committee. You've got wide receivers that are kind of involved but not superstars. It's kind of cluttered up the the fantasy landscape so much that it's very hard to tell who to start week to week. The skill in picking your starters is either getting more difficult to try to understand or it's just you know, random luck like uh, the squirrel trying to find a nut. I mean, I've got – I literally have uh, – let me count these guys up for you. Let me let me count up the startable guys I have. Fred Davis, Kellen Winslow, Gronkowski, Crabtree, Manningham, Calvin Johnson, Decker, Obanaya, Gore, Halu, Lynch, uh, Morris. I mean, I'm already up to – I'm already up to 12 guys here, and, you know, you've only got room for uh, seven, right? You start two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and two flex. So I've got, you know, 12, 13 guys here that I can start. I've only got room for seven, and I've got to eliminate five guys. And it, and to be honest with you, it feels kind of random. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's pretty tough. I mean, you got, it's almost – yeah, you can flip a coin, but uh, I'm, that's where it's coming down to uh, for you, Scott. And, uh, wow, that's tough. Yeah, well, so I'm going to put in Gronkowski. I'm going to put in Fred Davis. I think I'm going to bench Winslow. I'm going to put in Calvin Johnson. I mean, Decker's a guy that I'm just – I'm absolutely fanatical about the uh, Tebow to Decker connection. I think you just have to – sometimes you just have to ride what, what you feel is hot, and, and Decker has that it factor for me. You know, I, the 6'3", 218, the type of wide receiver that I like to see, um, just just to be able to physically, you know, dominate in a game. And and Tebow loves to go to him. He's definitely a red zone target, and you hit it, hits him in stride. And, and I'm and I'm thinking, you know what? I'm just going to ride this guy and see what I can get out of him. The running backs. I mean, I've got some questionable running backs there. Marshawn Lynch, Obanaya, Maurice Morris. I mean, I've got Javid Best on the bench. Can't really start him. I definitely have to put Helu in the game after what we saw last week, Mike. Can you believe what we saw there? Hey. Uh, yeah, he does. John Beck loves the numbers. He can do whatever he wants. Fourteen receptions. Yeah, fourteen receptions in a PPR league. That's just uh, absolutely incredible. You've got to put him in there. Uh, and that was against San Fran. Now they get Miami this week. But look, Roy Halu 
showed us all that he can be involved in the passing matchup, and that's what you look for in a PPR league. You've got to throw him out there and let's see what he can do. That could be, that could be the guy, actually, that uh, in our local league, uh, of course, you and I were facing each other. That could be the guy that could uh, end up uh, beating me is uh, Roy Hillu. I mean, because that was amazing. He just uh, reception after reception. But uh, we'll see what happens this week. Uh, Scott, I'd like to switch gears real quick and uh, talk just just for a quick moment about our uh, NFC uh, Red versus Blue uh, Satellite League or the the 60 league that we did. Uh, you're currently in, uh, let's see, third, and uh, I'm in fifth out of 14. So are uh, is one of us going to track, uh, crack this 14-team uh, code or not? Oh, I think you're talking about that uh, red versus blue $60 league that we played in at the NFFC. Yeah. Uh, Diesel looked uh, very good in that league. He's uh, he's taking care of everybody. Billy Waz is up there in fourth. Gecko is sitting there right behind you in sixth. We got Rich Dunn in seventh. Our good friend Route C in eighth. Glineration X in ninth. John Haskell, Syracuse Slappers, is in there 11th. Wayne Ellis, uh, right there in 12th. Nine routes, and, and yeah, there's a lot of names in that league, man. That's um, that's one heck of a league. You know that that was a uh, that was a that was a different type of uh, league for me, man. You remember that draft? We did it right on the air, live on Red vs. Blue, and and I took a couple of quarterbacks. I took Vic and Stafford because I, you know, you can never be too safe when you don't have waivers all year, you've got to make sure you have a, a starting quarterback. So I took two of them there. I drafted Jimmy Graham in that league. Uh, drafted Javid Best on Garrett Blunt. You know, Best has been dinged up. I drafted Julio Jones in that league. Tony Gonzalez to back up uh, Jimmy Graham. I mean, it's a it's a decent team. I'm a little thin at wide receiver where Antonio Holmes is really the uh, is, is really the main cog of that, uh, of that wide receiver unit along with Mike Wallace. So, I don't know. What do you think about your team? Scott, I'm sitting here looking, and uh, how in the heck am I in fifth place when I've only got one defense and uh, two kickers? That's all I drafted because I I got shut out of the rest of my defenses, and I'm going, okay, well, I'm doing all right because role players have worked out fine. So, uh, you know, right now, Diesel uh, Diesel looks good. Uh, He's up. uh, Diesel and – uh, Scott, they're they're pretty much uh, they're pretty much separating themselves. But uh, you and uh, Billy Wise and myself were right. We're, we're knocking on the door. So who knows? I just I just yeah, I want to just throw something out there uh, on the FF or on the NFSC because you know they they've done a great job with this. Yeah, you know those are. Um... Those are fun leagues. Those are like the class. Those are like the 77 leagues over at the FFPC, the NFFC 60s. You just kind of uh, throw your money out there. You draft it. You set it and forget it. You go in and check the uh, score just to see how you're doing. You don't really have any involvement in it. Uh, we did a couple of drafts on the air this year. Obviously, we we did the uh, FPC league. We did the um, Pros versus Joes league on the air, if you remember that. We did the yeah, Genesis league. The Genesis League we did on the air, and I'm really excited about the Genesis League. You know, that, that league, I'll tell you, is the uh, the kickoff league every year, the inaugural uh, kickoff league for the FFPC every year. And I'll tell you what, that first week I missed my waiver opportunity, wasn't able to field a complete lineup. I ended up scoring 84 points in my first week. Didn't have a starting kicker, didn't have a starting defense because I missed my waivers. And uh, didn't – I had Arian Foster in there when he didn't play. I mean, and I had Peyton Manning as my only starting quarterback. I only pulled off 84 points, so I'm like, man, I am in a hole or what. But I really clawed and dug and scratched my way back into the thick of things here with a with a team, and I'm sitting in third place in Genesis. Mike, you remember now, I've got two titles in Genesis out of three years, and so if I could get a third, man, I think that'd be kind of statement-making here for uh, for the for the Genesis League uh Third overall right now, just pacing behind uh, Rich Dunn and Glenn Lowy. This is a league that has Tommy Yates, Mike Krucek, Paul Schmidt, Don Thompson, Jason Tapley, Mike Santos, Jules McClain, Johnny Duckworth, and uh, Don Termiello. So it's a very competitive league, and, and to see that I'm able to, to scratch and claw here, it's pretty exciting. 
What's your uh, right now, Scott? I know you're in a lot of leagues, and uh, what what's the one that you're most passionate about right now? Well, you know that's a that's a toss up, man. You know you've got these main events where we're trying to shoot for two hundred grand or the hundred grand in the NFFC. You know those are always exciting. I love the eight and one team. I love my other my Michael Vick team on the on the FFPC main event too. Um, I love my dynasty team. I love making trades in the off season and keeping that thing going. I know Wayne Elf is in the chat room. He loves his dynasty teams. Uh, that's always been a fascination of mine all year round. And, and I'll tell you what, I, ha- I made a couple of moves before the, the trade deadline last week, Mike. There was a trade deadline. And to make your moves in dynasty, you have to make them. And sometimes you have to go out there and hang it out. And so I got a trade offer for um, – somebody was offering me Matt Stafford. And what they wanted in return was – Jeremy Macklin, uh, they were offering me Matt Stafford at a first-round pick for Jeremy Macklin. And I'm like, man, that's a lot of value there to get. Uh, but I'm already set at quarterback. I really don't need Stafford. I've got Vic and Matt Ryan, so what do I do? So I said, well, I said, look, if I can trade Michael Vick and get the Jeremy Macklin value for him, I'll be coming out of here with a better quarterback in fantasy, or in dynasty, in my opinion, Stafford. He's a younger guy than Vick. And I'll have a first-round pick, so who can I get? So I started shopping Michael Vick that night, and I was able to pull off Vincent Jackson. Now, last week he did me proud. This week it's back to the same old Vincent Jackson. It's so up and down with this guy. I don't yeah. know if, if he's not getting the separation, Mike, or or if Rivers uh, isn't getting him the ball. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, you know, it, it was kind of crazy because I have uh, Vincent Jackson in one league, and, uh, you know, I was expecting uh, so much more because of, with Malcolm Floyd being hurt. And uh, that didn't that didn't come to fruition. But I think I think B. Jack, how old is B. Jack right now? Twenty. No, he's closing in on the magical three zero man. He's uh, he was born in eighty three, so uh, he's twenty eight. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, you know, I did that. I traded uh, Michael Vick uh, for for Vincent Jackson. Then went back and hit the accept button on the Stafford and a first for Jeremy Macklin. And so here I here I am. I've made two trades, and then I said, you know what? I've got these two first rounders. I need to do something to be competitive. These are very short rosters. When we say dynasty, it's not the true dynasty like 26 uh, keepers or 24 keepers or even 20 keepers. You're only able to keep 14 skill position players every year, so it's very thin. You don't have the the massive benches to keep your you know your youth and your rookie depth, you know, like we used to in, in some of these dynasty leagues. So right. it's, it's a different kind of dynasty. It's like a large keeper. Um, but I said, I've got two first-round picks this year. What can I do for it? And I went ahead and dealt those, you know, last Friday for a running back, Mike. I was thin at running back with Javid Best on the injury. I have Ryan Williams and Mikel Ashore waiting in the wings for next year. And I'm like, what do I got to do? And somebody was able to give me uh, DeMarco Murray for those two first-round picks. And so I took it. I jumped at it. I stabbed. I went all over it, man. I was so ecstatic that he accepted it. And I took a lot of heat in the chat room. I tell you, my old buddy Invictus Bronte gave me a real hard time for dealing for uh, DeMarco Murray, telling me that I made all these other teams better by trading away my first-round picks. And when Felix gets back, it's going to be a timeshare situation. But no, I tell you what, not. everything I've seen from DeMarco looks like he's going to be the man there's, moving forward. No, you know what? There's no There will be no timeshare as far as uh, the Dallas uh, running back situation goes, I mean it's going to be it's going to be Murray. I mean he's already proven himself. He's a big back. He's a bruising back. But the guy, I mean, he has a lot of speed, and uh, you know, I think you I think you did all right on that. Well, we'll see. Let's take a look at some uh, situations uh, at some of these games. Mike, week ten is uh, in, in the books here, or, or is, uh, is upon us here. The Buffalo Bills at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, this game could have a lot of factors to consider here, Mike. The Bills are coming off a tough home loss to the Jets. Fitzpatrick is struggling a little, but the Bills still have a great running game with Fred Jackson. Meanwhile, the defense grabs a lot of interceptions, but they've been giving up some big plays. You've got the Cowboys without Austin, and they've got Des Bryant going. You don't really have a lot of question marks with the Cowboys. You start every one of them that you have. You start Des Bryant, Witten, DeMarco. Go ahead and throw Lawrence Robinson in your lineup this week. I mean, you have to, right? So you pretty much start all your bills, your starters, you know, Steve Johnson, Fred Jackson. Um, that's pretty much it. 
I don't really well, I don't really think you're in a situation to, to start anybody else in that game, do you? Well, I'm going to hold off here. Uh, Stevie Johnson has been a big disappointment for Buffalo this year. And, you know, the way uh, Dallas has been uh, covering some of the high-profile wide receivers, I think, uh, I think Nelson would be a better start. Well, I won't say better start instead of uh, Stevie Johnson, but uh, David Nelson is going to be a huge play for Buffalo. Um, I, I just I just look for him to have a good day with uh, Fitzpatrick uh, because uh, the Dallas corners, they're going to cover Steve every chance they get. Uh, as far as uh, Dallas goes, uh, I think I think Jason Witten is going to be a huge play this week. Uh, the underneath passes because Buffalo plays, you know, they play the deep ball, so uh, I, I expect uh, Jason Witten to have a huge day against uh, Buffalo. Well, you know, you're right, Mike, but but Witten's one of those guys I don't even really need to talk about because if you got him, you're in the lineup, so we need to we need to figure out these guys that are kind of marginal on the fence. You know, you've got like, uh, when you look at Pittsburgh, you've already got Antonio Brown locked in your lineup now, you know? I mean, these are guys that you don't even have to talk about anymore because Mike Wallace is in your lineup, Antonio Brown's in your lineup. The question would be, you know, do you start a Mendenhall after what you've seen this year against Cincinnati? That's the question because, you know, Mendenhall has been such a bust, but can you bench your first-round pick? Not likely. It's not It's not easy to do. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that Cincinnati has uh, the second-best rushing defense in the National Football League. They've only allowed 676 uh, yards, 84 yards a game, only six rushing touchdowns given up on the season. So – you know, it's not an easy thing for Mendenhall to have a big day here. So those are the guys that you have to be asking yourself the questions. It's not the it's not the wins of the world. Uh, Cincinnati has A.J. Green now. He's in your lineup. Uh, maybe you put in a Gresham. Maybe you put in, if, you, if he plays, you know, maybe you put in a, a Benson. Uh, those are the guys that, you know, really get your wheels turning. And if, you're, if you have that situation going on, you just kind of feel for those guys because it's a very hard – it's like owning Seahawks. You don't really want any part of it, but if you've got him, if you've got the question, uh, you you just got headaches all the way up until game time. Well, you know you're exactly right, but on the other side of it, uh, let, let's say this, uh, and this could conceivably happen. Uh, say you have two running backs, Mendenhall and Benson. Which one would you start in this game? Say you had to take one of them. Yeah. Well, you know, look, it's you've you've got two dominant defenses. You have to go with the uh, the, the player that you drafted higher. You, you'd have to go with Mendenhall, and, yeah. and just yeah, you'd have to go with Mendenhall just to say, you know what, um, Andy Dalton's going to have to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not going to have to be Roethlisberger beating Cincinnati. Andy Dalton's going to have to beat the Steelers, and so that means that Andy Dalton's going to have to make the plays. Very likely the Bengals are going to be coming from behind. It's still the Bengals versus the Steelers. I know the Bengals have, have looked great. They played fantastic. They're in the hunt. They're in the thick of things. This is still the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so I, I think in that situation, good good, good, uh, good food for thought here, Mike. But, you know, Mendenhall's still the guy that, um, you know, stirs the drink on that rushing defense, uh, rushing offense. I mean, who else is going to carry the load for him? It's got to, it's got to be Mendenhall. Yeah, you know, I can I can see that. I just uh for whatever reason I, I just like the fact that uh Benson's gonna get a lot of carries, a ton of carries, a ton of tries, and you know, he might get uh he might bust a twenty, twenty five yard carry here or there, uh against Pittsburgh. He I still think he will. So I'm I wanna take Benson against Mendenhall. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I'm gonna do it. All right, write that one down, Mike. Let's check let's check that one. New Orleans at Atlanta. The Falcons beat the Saints twice in two thousand ten on their way to that thirteen and three season. However, this this season they haven't been nearly as consistent. Matt Ryan seems to follow up a big play with a bad one. And uh, boy, Julio Jones looks fantastic, albeit against the Colts. It'll be interesting. You're at Atlanta. You've got to start Turner. You've got to start Roddy White. You've got to throw Julio in there. Uh, there's not really a lot of question marks. If you have any Falcons, you're starting them. On the other side of the ball, New Orleans, 
you're starting Sproles, you're starting Graham, uh, you're probably starting Colston and Breeze, obviously. Other than that, uh, maybe you're starting Pierre Thomas now. I think Pierre Thomas is definitely a, uh, a starter on your team as well. It's not somebody that you can bench. No, I, I don't think you do, Scott. Pierre Thomas is, uh, I mean, he's fading because of uh, the way Darren Sproles is doing what he's doing. And uh, this game just uh, feeds off of the pass, the pass, the pass. And I know uh, Pierre Thomas can do things out of the backfield, but uh, when they're asking for something to be done out of the backfield, it's going to be done from Darren Sproles. Uh, Pierre Thomas, uh, I, I just don't see it. Well, look, Darren Sproles ran 24 pass routes on just 28 snaps. Chris Ivory played 20 snaps but carried the ball on 15 of them. And then you got Pierre Thomas. He was the most balanced of the three. 13 of his 21 snaps were pass plays. It's a very tricky situation uh, when you're you're looking at who's going to be back there and what they're going to be doing. And so you don't just look at carries, but you look at the passing situations that they're in as well because we are in these PPR leagues. I think I've still got to put Pierre Thomas and trot him out there, especially in a game that has such playoff implications as New Orleans and Atlanta. That's a big game, and Pierre Thomas can make big plays. And, you know, I, you know what they say about uh, big-time players in big-time, day, in big-time yeah, games. So. True, 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 but, uh, you know, you got to remember this is about the time of year that Atlanta steps up. I mean, we're talking it's the first of uh, uh, middle of November, first of December. I mean, this is when Atlanta steps up, their defense steps up, they're at home. I don't know. They might just shut down uh, New Orleans like uh, who did it the week before. So yeah, New Orleans can be shut down. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a that was a good game when New Orleans uh, got uh, pounded. Washington yeah. at Miami. I, I tell you what, I have to think that most of us aren't looking at a lot of options in this game. Let's start on the Washington side of the ball. You've got to put in Fred Davis. I think after seeing last week, you've got to put in Roy Halu. You just cannot afford to put that on your bench again two weeks in a row. So you've got Fred Davis and Halu in the lineup. Um, I'm not real sold on anybody else on that team. I don't think I could put a Gaffney in or, or a Hankerson or any of those guys. On the other side of the ball, Reggie Bush has looked absolutely fantastic. you got to put Marshall in. So Bush, Marshall, and really nothing else, Mike. There's only four options in that game, and I think you, I think you got to use them all. Halu, uh, Bush, Marshall, and Fred Davis, and I think that's it. I, I think you scratch out everything else, and if you have those four guys, you, you put any of those four in. Well, you know what? I, you know, that, that's it. I, I lean too much on the uh, over and under, the, uh, the spreads on the game, because nine times out of ten, they're, they're pretty much correct. Uh the spread on this game is 37 and a half. It's the lowest over and under in the entire NFL this week. So that tells wow. me there's not going to be much score. Uh, I like I like Miami Z. Uh, I don't think Hello's going to do uh, what he did last week, but I expect him to get something for you. Yeah, you know, uh, Henry Muto does bring up a a good point. Ingram is expected to play in New Orleans. I I just want to reiterate that. He is recovered from the heel heel injury. Boy, have you ever had a a more dreaded backfield than that situation there? Ingram, Ivory, Sproles, and Thomas. I mean, you're talking about cluster – uh, Cluster USA, I'll tell you. I've never, I've never seen anything like it. Let's look at this interesting game here. I love this Giants-San Francisco Niners matchup. This is, this is like one of the old school matchups, Mike. I mean, you know, back in the, uh, back in the nineties, the early nineties, when we had the Giants and the Niners going at it, this is, this is kind of, uh, Eli is kind of doing his thing now. You know, he's, he's taking on big games. He's winning these games that he usually in the past wouldn't win. And he's putting them on their back, and he's carrying them. And if you're a Giants fan, almost like a Jets fan, you know, both both teams, you've got to be a little bit excited about what you're seeing. And now you get another opportunity to prove yourself. You're at the Niners. And, you know, I know the Niners are favored. You probably have the spread there, Mike. I'm sure the Niners are favored. but The Niners are three and a half. But are they the better team? I mean, I know they've looked 
great this year, but are they really the more savvy veteran team? That answer is no. They're an up-and-coming team with a nice uh, uh, coach, you know, that has them all fired up. But don't you think at the end of the day the Giants are the better team? Oh, no, I don't. (laughs) Uh, The reason I say that is because uh, the 49ers play much more uh, compact defense. Uh, They do everything the right way. Uh, And I don't know if uh, the Giants are going to be able to contain the run at all because they haven't been able to. Um, this game, this, this game is a it's a tough one. It, it's one as a as a gambler, I would stay totally away from it because it, it's that it's that close. Oh, we've got some interesting discussion going on in the chat room, man. I tell you what, these guys uh, always bring it. The crew here, red versus blue. <clears throat> Mike, I don't know. I still, I'm still thinking that uh, the Giants are the better team. They have the pass rush that uh, makes that team tick, and that's what laid Brady on his back. That's what caused the interceptions against Brady. Um, they they caused the interceptions against Michael Vick. This this Giants team really knows how to put pressure on the ball, and that, that opens everything up. And then you see what the Giants are capable of. I don't care if it's Jacobs or Bradshaw back there. You've got Manningham. You've got Cruz making plays. Now you got this Ballard kid looking like the – the next great Jay Novacek, you know, out there. I mean, I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm really interested to see what the Giants do at the Niners. I think it's time for the Niner, a Niner letdown. I'm telling you, Mike, write no, this I, one down for me. Write this I'm one down. I'm going to write this down because I like the Niners in this game. And the reason why is because they just have been doing things the right way and they know how to do it. And it's just smashed out. It would not surprise me to see Frank Gore go off. So, I'll, I'll write this one down. We got uh, Mendenhall, Benson, and uh, Josh Forty Niners. Let's look at the uh, the next game on the docket here, Mike. We've got um, we talked about Tennessee, Carolina a little bit. You know, Chris Johnson. I think you. Regardless of how bad you want to sit him on your bench, it's still a situation where you're really not allowed to. Carolina's the 28th worst rushing defense in the league. Chris Johnson should definitely get it turned around this week. Go ahead and start him with confidence. They've allowed 11 touchdowns and 1,000 yards on the season already. So go ahead and put him in your lineup. I'd go ahead and take a stab on a Damian Williams, especially if you're in a in a situation that, that makes um, – you know, puts his name in the in the conversation. On the other side of the ball, Carolina, you can't start the running backs. The only thing you can start is Cam Newton and Steve Smith, maybe a Greg Olson. That's it. That's uh, that's all your options in Carolina, Mike. Do you see it any other way? No, I don't. I don't. I mean, you know, kind of broke it down the way I the way I see it. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be pretty straight up that way, and uh, there's I <laughs> I I would love to delve into a LaBelle Hawkins or something like that, uh, but uh, I can't do it right now. Uh, right now, it, it looks like uh, Carolina being a three-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, I, I think Cam Newton and that uh, Carolina bunch is going to get it done against Tennessee. Let's talk about the uh, – I'm looking at this next game, Mike. It's the uh, Cleveland Browns versus the St. Louis Rams. Again, this isn't a a must-watch NFL game, but as far as fantasy football is concerned, you, it may have playoff implications uh, when you've got players like Steven Jackson, Brandon Lloyd on the St. Louis side of the ball. On the Cleveland side of the ball, really the only thing you have now that Hillis is gone is Obaniah. And I want to find out why, I'm, why I want to talk about Obaniah is because the St. Louis Rams give you the reason to ask the question, should I start Obaniah? Because here you are. The St. Louis Rams are dead last in the league, Mike, averaging 5.2 yards per carry allowed on the ground, 1,229 yards allowed so far, 153 yards per game, Mike, the St. Louis Rams allow. So the question is, if you're the dead last rushing defense in the league and there are no healthy running backs, Peyton Hills is out, Ontario Hardesty is out, Obadiah racked up 35 snaps. This Thomas Clayton kid only chipped in 12. So 
you have to figure in this game that he's going to at least get that again. Um, so the question becomes how, you know, this is the St. Louis Rams, worst defense in the league. When does Obaniah become a, vi- a viable starter? I mean, it seems to me that you have to put your starting running backs in because of opportunity. This looks like it's the opportunity for him. Uh, and we'll know by we'll know by halftime if he is the right spot. I mean, if he is the person to do it. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, it's just uh, Cleveland is Cleveland, and uh, I just I'm just not so sure because uh, St. Louis uh, they're on high. They've had a, they've had a win. Uh, you know, they're feeling pretty good about themselves, uh, and that resonates throughout the entire team. You know, whether it's offense, defense, you know, it just it it goes throughout the entire team. So, I you can you can go with him. That running back, or how you pronounce his name, Scott? <laughs> I'm guessing, man. Open eye, man. That's what I, that's how I say it. You can go with him all day long, but I'm not gonna buy him. I'm not gonna buy him right now. All right, uh, listen, the Texans. <laughs> are still missing Andre Johnson. Here we are week 10. You've got the bye for him week 11, so he comes back week 12. Houston's taking on a Tampa Bay team on the road, so it's at Tampa. And you have to think, what are you going to do here, Mike? You're going to put in um, Arian Foster. Maybe you put in Ben Tate. I don't know. Tampa Bay, let's take a look at Tampa Bay's rushing defense. There's a lot about this week. They're one of the worst in the league. They allow they've allowed 132 yards a game and eight touchdowns. This is Arian Foster written all over it for Houston. But this Ben Tate kid, I mean, here's another guy that just gets tricky, Mike. If you have Ben yeah. Tate, you probably have him on your bench most weeks, and then most of the time he does okay. Comes out of here with 80 yards and a touchdown. I mean, there's a 14 point game, you know. Yeah, I've heard of, a lot about Ben Tate this week. Uh, you know, saying, "Well, you should start him." Uh, you know, I. If you want to, go ahead. Uh, if that's your last option, go ahead. Well, and that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna pose it to the chat room before we go. Ben Tate or Obaniah? It's the questionable call. It's do you play the better player? It's do you play Obanaya. the better player? The better the the more skilled player is Ben Tate, but the better opportunity, right, is Obaniah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I tell you what, I like swinging for the fences, and I, that's why I like to start Ben Tate. If you you could swing for the fences here, and I mean this kid uh, could get you an 80-yard touchdown run with no problem because he's that talented. Um, I, I just saw he was just as impressive as Foster on Sunday. He piled up 115 yards in a score on just 12 carries, Mike. And this wasn't a case of just you know one run skewing the stats either. Tate was getting to the second level on most of his carries. I mean, I saw him bouncing off the initial contact, and he got more yards than the blocking provided, and he's averaging 5.7 yards a pop for the season, and he's managed at least one, I saw this stat, he's he's managed at least one breakaway run in each of his games this year, 12 yards or more. So, his worst yards yeah, I tell you what, I remember when I drafted him in our uh, in our in our local dynasty league, and I drafted him with the the six pick, and you were really kind of questioning that pick. You remember that? Yeah. Yep, I do. I do. Scott, I, I want to touch on one game. I know we got only got a couple minutes to go, but I want to touch on uh, your New York Jets against New England. Yeah. Good night. What'd you say? Your your New York Jets versus New England, the New England Patriots. Who's going to make a bigger impact, Sean Green or uh, Ladanian Tomlinson? Oh man, do we? Do you ask me this every single week? I I got to do it again, Bob. I, I, I think you ask me this. I think you ask me this every every single week, and, and I and I and I keep telling you the same thing. You know, this is this is uh, this is Sean Green's team uh, on the on the, in the rushing game. Uh, I know LP looks good, but you've got the you've got our ground and pound approach. It's going to be uh, at play. It's I tell you what, if I've got any Jets this week, I'm starting Dustin Keller 
and San Antonio Holmes this week. Those are the guys that I, I look to have the biggest day for, for the Jets. They only ran for 97 yards against New England in the first meeting. 83 of those was by Sean Green. Um, and that was that was the third straight game without all-pro center Nick Mangold. His impact on the running game is definitely felt now that he's back. So i put Sean Green in there. I, I'd give it a whirl, and, and uh, they, they should make it fun. Look, this, is, this has been a lot of fun, our first week back together, Mike. We'll do Thanks, better next week, guys. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll hopefully have a nice crowd. We'll, we'll put a little more effort into it, and, and hopefully uh, we'll get us some Ws. Good to see the crew in the chat room here. Redwood Blue. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.